I can't keep up. First, Sean decides to say, and then you guys hook up, and suddenly now the plan is to leave? Well, he, he's only just brought it up, okay? I, I haven't made a decision yet. But you're definitely thinking about it. Yes, I am. It makes a lot of sense, V. Look, really? Because it seems completely ridiculous to me. After the year that you've had, the, the last thing you need is more upheaval. Or, or maybe it's exactly what I need. I'm not exactly kicking life goals here. You need to give yourself a break. Meet the Kennedys at Lassiter's Hall at the Waterhole. A cup of tea at Harold Sonia's nursery for a stroll. It's time to neighbors. CJ Kate Let's get the neighbors. Hello. This is Neighbours. We are the Neighbours Recap Podcast. We talk about episodes of the Aussie Soap Neighbours that have just aired on Australian screens because we have literally nothing else to make us happy in this current pandemic life. I'm Vaya. I'm in Melbourne's PirateNet Studios, quarantined, uh, dialed in via Grace and Global to uh, CJ the Hot Mess Mum. Hello, Catherine Jones. Hello, how are you going? You know, getting by, getting by. And we have Kate at Remune on Twitter. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. It's basically a lockdown. I know what you ate last lockdown in this house <laughs> This um, house here. So, yeah, it'll be all right. It's, it's the same but different. And, you know, obviously I've got newborn life, so mine is definitely lockdown to electric bumaloo for sure. <laughs> Um, Dr. Carl is joining us, baby Dr. Carl, joining us for this record. You might hear the odd snuffle. Um, we are, the uh, as, a, as at time of record, the state of Victoria or greater metropolitan Melbourne is locked back down. Um, yeah. CJ, we're not so quite so smug anymore, are we? No, that's over. Although there's, you know, I, I don't think it's going to get better before it's going to get worse. So brace yourselves. I think we've got a few more days of it getting worse, but then I, I think hopefully it should be getting better. It's got to get better, mate. It's got to get better. And look, people keep saying, at least we're not America. So there's a silver lining. <laughs> at least we've got a song for the outro now then. The business again. Neighbours cancel business. Baby Dr. Carl is has an item of business. It's just he's got snuffles. Um, it's actually bloody hard to record this thing in isolation. Forget the baby factor. That's not even an issue. He's just sitting on in my arms. Trying to, We want to sound good. We don't just want to sound present. So trying to make sure we're all connected and all with our backup recordings and all hearing the same thing through the headphones at the same time when the kids have gone to bed, it's a bloody schmozzle. So if, if it sounds a bit off, we would love it to sound 100% and we're, we're disappointed too if it doesn't come across as 100%, but there's really nothing we can do about it. So apologies, but please hold your, hold your criticism. Yeah, well, no, no, people aren't really criticising because our listeners are the best. True. They just point – They often they just point things out so that we're aware, yeah. you know. There was one episode that we recut to sound a bit better. So whatever. We're just going to lower our standards, which we are not as high-performing – um, perfectionists <laughs> we're not used to doing. Uh, look, I'm, I'm still recording in my fluffy pants, so I'm still keeping up that level of standard. Oh, great. It's, it's fluffy pants for the ears. But look, we're doing our best to make it all sound like it's a normal day. 
want to we want to highlight a couple of heroes because we just want to f- get Mariah to lift us up again because she did so well a, f- a few months back. Um, this week, some heroes, actual heroes. I had to go to the Royal Children's Hospital in Melbourne because baby Dr. Carl had to perform surgery. No, he didn't. He had to have surgery performed on him. Very minor procedure. All went well. But bloody hell, I would not have gotten through it if it weren't for those confident, positive staff at the hospital and people doing real heroic things every day, just like it's no big deal. It's true. And isn't that the saying, you know, when things are bad, look for the helpers? Yeah. Yes. And we, we are honestly so lucky to have it the Royal Children's Hospital in our city and the three of us to have it like within 15 minutes of home as well. So, Vey, you went out to our network and asked for our listeners, the, the Neighbours Council Facebook group, Neighbours Council, if you're not in it, join, um, for their heroes or their local heroes during the COVID crisis. Yes. Vicky, straight off the bat, posted, I think, something that Kate might appreciate, but she had was getting some work done on their garden wall. They were rebuilding their front garden wall and they had to pause because of bad weather and they put off finishing it because stuff was getting in the way and she couldn't find a company to replicate the original coping needed to top it off. Don't even know what that means. And then one day they found a note on their door, a neighbour from one street down who said he noticed we were rebuilding our wall in the original style but he was doing the opposite and demolishing his would we like his wall's original coping stones for free and saved us hundreds of pounds and we got a new neighbour friend. That's beautiful. That's really nice. It's like a capping stone on top of the wall. Oh. And it would be, I assume, this has a certain profile to it that is on the rest of her wall. So, I feel like an episode of Property Ladder may have covered Oh, Sarah Beanie, that. mate. She, yeah. yeah, she would have been into that. Probably would have knocked it down. Um. <laughs> I was going to do this segment, but I didn't pre-read any of these. And they're all really long and detailed and beautiful. And I don't want to skim over them. So I'm not going to, like, rattle them all off now. But go into the Neighbours Council Type heroes and you'll see my post and we can keep sharing our hero journeys in there. <laughs> Patreon.com slash NeighboursPod. I have to thank uh, newest patron, Curtis. Thank you for jumping on board to Rage Level, my favourite my favorite level. Thank you. And I look, Emma joined before Curtis and I forgot if I shouted out Emma because I've got a great little um, to-do list in my phone and I write people's names in there, but then I don't do the second step of deleting their names. So Emma's still in there. So Curtis and Emma, thank you, both of you. Much appreciated. This is business. It's not personal. Now, let's do some neighbours chat. The week of whatever the hell this week was. (laughs) It's the week ending July 10, and we've had some comings and goings, mainly goings. that we'll get stuck into. CJ, do you then want to kick us all off and talk about, finally, how Ellie Conway hung up her cold shoulder tops once and for all? <laughs> um, so I, in Ali, Ali's exit story, I'm reminded of Ali 12 months ago when she married Detective Mechanic and immediately changed her name legally. <laughs> Come on, we, we are obliged to play the saddest bitch in Aaron's borough right here. The saddest bitch in Aaron's borough. 
just wants to love and be loved in return. Remember how she was a stage five clinger, basically, with Det Mech? Yeah. And I thought that the what happened this week really rang true as a character. So she sleeps with Sean twice in 12 months and somehow within an hour after that, she is moving overseas with him. Then the next day she's going to work with him. I feel we just need to play the whole saddest bitch in Aaron's Barron nonstop under these set of low... <laughs> <laughs> just yeah. at a low volume, just to, to just like the, the you know the melody. As, as a bed, we call it in the radio biz. We yeah. get a bed going. Sean asks Ali to move with him to Switzerland because Ali's, as she mentions, not kicking life goals here in Erinsborough. <laughs> so um, he says, "Why don't we move to Switzerland?" And you know what? It does originally sound like she's running away from her problems but it sounds like the perfect option for her doesn't it well also she i don't think she's ever kicked life goals but this is the first time she's cared that she hasn't kicked life goals yeah she's usually fine going along with it i actually think i still think sydney would have been a better option for her because she's still got family up there well she's met some bridges and old mate auntie what's her name deborah lawrence pippa liz (laughs) she's look she's not a great mum I don't, I, I don't think she's going to be a great grand to poor little Esther. I don't think she sent a present down or anything when the baby was born. I also don't think that she got a phone call to say that Ali's leaving the country. No. You know what she'd be doing, that grandma? She'd be sending soiled things that she found at the op shop to the baby. Although I've got an auntie that sends some op shop things and they've, done, they've served us well. Are they soiled, though? But she, she also volunteers it in op shops, so she gets the good shiz. Yeah. I, I don't think she'd be doing that. I think she'd be, um, like, over the top about it, but just really not doing the right thing. Or just so people would know. Oh, yeah, mm. the, the, the Facebook grammar. Ali has a court hearing, which I don't think we've heard about before. I was wanting to ask you, both you ladies, whether we do know that there's a court hearing coming up or was that just completely fabricated on that day? I- I, I was surprised when she and Toadie returned to the Kennedys saying, oh, yeah, well, we just had the hearing. And it was weird that Sean didn't go to the hearing as well. And she didn't call him to tell him everything was fine. Mm. She waited till she got home, which was stringing him along a little bit. There was an amazing exchange. I think it was here where Ellie was talking about this new hearing to be and said. But I don't want to get too carried away with the future, not until the court hearing is over tomorrow. Yeah, well, Toadie said not to worry. Well, Toadie's said that before. And and B was like, it's okay, we'll, we'll trust Toadie to sort it out. And Ellie was like, well, Toadie said it would be fine before, and it wasn't. Oh, how about later on when Toadie was like, oh, this was probably my most difficult case? <laughs> because he didn't do anything. Well, we got what we wanted. Sentence covered by time served. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah, but I can never teach again. Which is a blow, but uh, it was to be expected. Did they put any restrictions on travel? Uh, no, Ali is free to go overseas, so um, I can look into getting you an Astro visa if you like. But I don't know what this court case was because she goes and she she's given an understanding of whether she can travel. Well, the, the thing is she is a convicted manslaughterer, whatever what she was she a convicted murderer? I think it was manslaughter. Yeah, she hasn't been found innocent of manslaughter. She's just 
it's just been found that she served enough time for it. Yeah. That's, so that's why they've, they've ruled that she can't teach again. Yeah, so that feels like something that the teaching, um, you know, board or whatever would yes. come. So I don't understand what this case was because it seems like actually just a catch-all for all of Ali's problems. You, you would think that once she's convicted in the first place, that, yeah, that would be the end of her teaching career. Like this would have, yeah, but it's old news. Yeah. Um, and so I actually thought that this conversation when they come home and Sean asks, is there travel restrictions? Uh, can you teach? It's just like after a press conference in ISO, our school's open. Is there travel restrictions? Can we do this? <laughs> um, also, he's been living with the Kennedys. I just, which again was baffling. Um considering all the trouble Susan got into last time she let a member of that family live there. And then so then they've re-entered this relationship, Sean and Ellie, dry toast, forgive me, or as Charlotte pointed out in the council, we should call him rice cake because it's even drier. Oh, and disgusting. Yeah, blando. So Ellie is totally fine with entering into a long-term relationship with her ex-slash-ex-killer's brother, whose mother also had helped her get thrown into the slammer to take her daughter away and tried to take her daughter out of the country. And like she's fine to be in that family forever now. She's cool. She's also going to work at the company as long as Claudia has nothing to do with it. How is that even possible? P.S. Where's Claudia? Prison. Missed that detail previously, didn't we? Ellie, Ellie couldn't even get a job running the bloody buddy club. Remember that? She's quite incompetent. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, look, we don't know what this company was. You guys thought maybe it's Toblerone? <laughs> I hope so. But but also, this is a company that doesn't tell its CEO when her dead son rings through. Like, to, to say, hey, I'm cool, I'm, I'm totally fine, I'm coming back into the country, just put it on a post-it note and put it in front of mum, and they didn't. <laughs> You know what I don't get about it is that they're like adamant that Claudia is never coming back to have anything to do with the company, yet they're very keen for her son to be the CEO. Like you think there would just be a you know mutiny on the board of directors and just saying no, we need no more, whatever their surnames is, Watkins on the board or in any way. Maybe that's Ellie is stepping in as CEO of the whole thing because they're like, what about a Conway? You want a Conway? We got one. So. His plan is to become CEO of the company. I think he was CEO or some sort of general manager. I, I, I don't think this is a big step for him. I think being a school counsellor was much more removed. Um, but he decides that they're going to go back and run the family company and Ali can somehow travel but not teach, which makes no sense at all. Um, I think once you've got a conviction, it would squash both of those things. But anyway. Switzerland um, seems very open. It's not like America. At least they're not going there because she'd be stuffed, wouldn't she? Oh, yeah, she'd be massively stuffed. Um, but also, like, it's not like a drug crime. Like, this is this is murder. <laughs> like, it's, it's, it's not like she didn't do her taxes right. Like, it, like, it's a serious thing that most countries would not be down with. Um, anyway, so they, classic style, they decide to start doing the legal work without telling B. She's the worst sister ever, isn't she? 
Yeah, particularly because B hasn't had this family connection for years. Like she felt disowned by Ellie. She was living on the streets and she finally has a place in a family and her big sister's like, bye. We went through this horrible trauma together, but I'm out. I've got my meal ticket out of here. Yeah, her big white teeth out of here. She's going to jump on them like a magic carpet. Double teeth? That's that's a teeth family. It is. Imagine what Asta's teeth are going to look like one day. Look, she'll get some veneers if they're not up to scratch. Asta's going to be like Dr. Teeth in The Electric Mayhem. Um, so now, relocating your whole life to Europe, that's a big undertaking. I had a friend that saved for years to make sure she had set herself up to go to live in London. But... Um, Ellie's going to turn this around when? She's going to do it in two days. Um, it, look, to be honest, she lives with her uncle and auntie and she's been flung across that street from the Brendan to the Tanaka, the, what do you guys call it? Brenakas. She, and then back to the Kennedys, she really only has like a country road bag <laughs> and, um, and, and of course her baby stuff, yeah. which is all packed up from when she went on the dinghy. She's got, I've got a, my pram has a few little pockets and pouches and I shove like beanies and dummies and little white, uh, wrap, wraps in there. I think that's what she's packed for Asta. Just any, any little pockets in the pram, she's shoved Asta's stuff in and she's good to go. I reckon, no, nah, she's gone, Sean's rich. I really don't need any much stuff. It's summer over there now. I'll just get a whole new wardrobe, Perfect. Julia Roberts style. I think she- she just, yeah, I'm with you, Kate. She just wants to leave this crap hole of a life and move to Europe and be the, you know, social media engagement specialist at Toblerone. And that's it. <laughs> she's she's crazy, though. Like, there's, she's going to a place where she's got no um, support from anyone and she's just made a total hash of her life anyway to begin with. Like, this relationship's not going to last more than a month before she's, like, having a, a breakdown. And there's going to be no Auntie Sue's to pick up the pieces. But I bet they've still, I bet they've still got that nanny hired from when Claudia was going to um, take guardianship. So she'll have a bit of support. Totally. And I feel like Ali's not letting this go. She is going to clamp down on this relationship and she's not going anywhere. There's a YouTube influencer, I think her name's Naomi Smart, and she recently, she and her boyfriend recently um, uprooted their whole life to India and she's very kind of um, lives the privileged life in London. So she's moved across to India but everything she does in India is like for the gram. It's everything is she's eating at these beautiful vegan restaurants and um, taking photos with beautiful tapestries and it's there's no grit, there's no like the streets of Mumbai, the hustle and bustle. She's just edited all of that off out of her content and then two months later coronavirus hit and she came straight back. So <laughs> it was a bit like, okay, you've got all those nice Instagram pictures and you've come straight back. Well done, sweetie. <laughs> I think Ellie's going to be like that. She's going to go to the Matterhorn and <laughs> take some nice pictures and then never tell anyone if she's got any struggles. Susan and Carl put a little pause on their trip around Australia to drop back in and have a final pizza lunch with their niece before she went away. Now, um, we when after Neighbours came back after the original isolation period and then they came back to record, remember how they had like an extra week holidays? Yep. They said um, that they had recorded Ali leaving, but they hadn't recorded 
the whole storyline. Yeah, Jodie had mentioned she was worried she wasn't going to get her final goodbye and that they were going to have to cut around it. But then she did come back and do the final scenes. Yeah, so I, Carl and Susan walked in and they hug everyone the minute they walk in. So that must have been shot before. Yeah, I was trying to piece the puzzle pieces together as well. Uh, my theory is that they had shot that already, the goodbyes with the Kennedys, and then... Oh, because Carl and, and, because Carl and Susan were meant to be going to Ireland as well, weren't yeah. they? But I think they'd already decided that because... Um, all the um, UK stuff was cancelled really early on. But, but yeah. so I think they recorded, they'd recorded the Kennedy hugs and goodbyes and pizzas early. And then I think the tacked on record, I'm guessing, is dry humping on the picnic rug because we didn't get to see them get to. We didn't, we thankfully didn't have to see them kiss. That was all done like ISO style. So I reckon maybe she. In her mind, she thought, oh, okay, well, they'll do the goodbye, but they won't show me getting together with Sean. But then in the end, they did get to show that. That's my theory. Uh, yeah, I guess that is great that we got to see that. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I'm really relieved. <laughs> um, so they go the next day and B, poor B is distraught and she doesn't want to go to the airport to say goodbye. And I really felt that connection because she and the two of them have – looked like sisters and really felt believable as sisters this whole time. So I felt that she had that pain. And also, like, don't forget how much B was willing to give the child when Ali went to prison. And, it, you know, it's a harsh reality that she's the aunt, not the mother, so she doesn't get to decide this. Like, Ali just gets to take her now. And it's heartbreaking, that line when Susan says, we're going to miss seeing the little baby socks in the washing machine. Yeah. And, like, a little baby. Like, I'm feeling that a lot of my relatives, like, they can't be part of my baby's life. It's hard for people. And Ellie's just like, okay, thanks for helping me raise my kid. Bye. Did she actually say goodbye to Darren? Nah, she is just out of there. Like, she's like, you know what, guys? I'm, I'm not kicking life goals here. See ya. We don't have kicking, but we have some throwing down the other end of the street. Uh, Kate, would you like to talk us through what I've written here as drone muffins? Little mate Emmett, he's having some issues still socially at school. There's only really made one friend and his friend's a shitbag. Old mate Louie, who's Stefan Dennis's son, IRL. And um, anyway, they've organised a play date for him to come over and be, be shitbags together. And the Darren thinks thinks that Louis will just, apropos of nothing, want to have a swim in their pool, which, I don't know, I guess maybe it's easier for boys to go swimming in pools with, you know, sharing shorts or whatever. Um, but Louis's like, not all that interested in it. And as soon as the um, Darren go away, he's like saying to Emmett, oh, you said you knew someone with a drone. So um, Emmett went and um, borrowed Hendrix's drone, which of course, of course he has one. And Hendrix was so reticent to hand that thing over. They spent about five minutes of scene time of Hendrix not wanting to give it to him, and I loved that. He knew. He, look, he, he can spot a shitbag. Yeah. So Emmett brings it back to the Brenackers, and Louis's like, oh, have you got any hot neighbours? And he's like, well, you know, Mrs Punt's just over the fence. But no, um, of course he thinks of Roxy, and Roxy, for some reason, in the middle of winter, is signing herself in um, to Rage's backyard. Which, if this was ISO times in Erinsborough, 
this would all kind of ring true. Boys in the swimming pool, people sunning themselves outside because we're trying to get fresh air where we can. I've seen people in my Insta stories with little kids running through the waves on the beach in the middle of winter because they're just desperate for some nature time. So <laughs> it would make sense. But on a normal winter's errands per day, probably not. Um, and in the meantime, Sheila's really got an issue with um, Coxie. She's, she doesn't like it. She thinks she's um, Roxy's bad news for Coil. And um, there was like a little bit of a mishap earlier in the week where Roxy was um, letting out all her feelings about Sheila. And of course, in true Neighbours fashion, um, Sheila overheard all the nasty things Co- uh, Roxy was saying. And Roxy decided to make um, apology muffins to bring over to Sheila, kind of, you know, to... So Sheila brings them back so she can have some harsh words with Roxy, basically back off from my, my nephew, um, sorry, back off from my grandson. And as she's telling Roxy off, this drone appears over the um, you know, two-story roof of Tarage's mansion. And we're, we're watching it, you know, from both the perspective of the women and from the perspective of the shitbags, and they're you know, getting up closer on the screen. And Louis, Louis, an idiot, really. Like you think he'd go, oh shit, well we're rumbled here. I don't think I should uh, hang around here any further. Um, but then, yeah, finally he goes, oh well, enough is enough, and then just kind of flings the controller away and runs off. <clears throat> and when he, <laughs> and then what happens next? The drone goes haywire and bangs into Sheila's eye. What a shitbag. Sorry, I know we've established that he is one, but you're, you're a visitor at someone's house. You don't just throw their property away and run off. What did she have, like a, a lacerated cornea or something? Ugh. It didn't look good, but also what it gave us was what was Sheila wearing in the next scene, Kate? A pirate mask. The eye patch, which Sarah in The Art of Neighbours did a beautiful rendition of, a beautiful rendering of, and I'm surprised she didn't have like a little leopard print or a floral. It was just a straight up black pirate's eye patch. But you think that because, you know, Roxy kind of rendered her um, first aid and rang around for her, you reckon that would have softened Sheila up a bit? But no, no, apparently Roxy brings trouble wherever she is. So it's really weird because Roxy's pointed out a few times to Sheila, like, you liked me. We got along. I'm one of your favourite employees. What's the go? And Sheila doesn't really have an answer. I think she she just... She just really liked grief group Gressica. Yeah. <laughs> she didn't get her ship. She likes um she likes Roxy. She just doesn't think she's good enough for Kyle, which is so untrue because Kyle's a bit of a loser. Oh, definitely. But also she's not even bringing up the elephant in the room that they're a decade apart, which would be an easy argument. Yeah, and also think of like Kyle with Amy and what was her name? The blonde girl, Toadie's cousin? Georgia. Georgia. Like, he, like he's not been lucky in love, really. And he's not been, like, good, you know, he hasn't measured his own, like, he hasn't done well himself. How about the, the woman he's let down the most? Bossy. Oh, oh, Bossy. That was his best relationship. Yeah, and he just left her somewhere. We don't know. She's probably tied up out the front of a milk bar and... Germany. Germany. <laughs> Hopefully she found a really nice owner that's just like feeding her bratwurst for treats. Yeah. I was going to say um, maybe Ellie could um, hop on a train and go get her, but I don't want that for Bossy either. No. So. Oh, God. She'd get left out the front of bars. <laughs> <laughs> it gave us 
Yeah, some amazing imagery. Oh, yeah. So now Sheila's lost her depth perception <laughs> and now can't pour a drink or drive a car. So this is this is really the gift that keeps on giving the old eye patch. And she goes to work to pour drinks. <laughs> Miss. Hey, Roxy, what's up? I'm sorry to intrude, but Hendrix told me that Emmett is the man to talk to about this drone. What would Emmett know about that? Look, I'm really sorry, but I, I didn't mean to. I was you didn't mean to? Then what did you mean, you little creep? Wait, what? He is the one who dropped this on Sheila's head. She could have been seriously hurt. Obviously, Emmett has a lot of explaining to do, but I will talk to him and get back to you. Thank you. But then poor old Darren, they can't cut a parenting break. They are gobsmacked that Emmett, because they thought Emmett and, Emmett and Stephen Dennis' son were just going to have a frolic in the pool and come and have some homemade pizza. Big week for pizza on the street, got to say. Yeah, somebody's bought a pizza oven. Well, I, the I, Kennedys I, already have one. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe it's all the leftover um, wheat and stuff from people making bread on ISO. Yes, everyone's, they're all on the sourdough train. They're making sourdough pizzas. I'm just thinking back to when I was in year age and I don't know, when I was in like bloody year 11, if I went to a friend's house for a pool party and they were getting pizza as well, I'd be like, this is awesome. And the council did observe that one of their favourite lines was when um, Darren are quizzing Emmett on why they ran amok and he goes, we were bored and, and oh, he, he was bored and David goes, but we're about to have pizza. We were going to have a rich conversation about whether you should put pineapple on pizza. I feel that's where the saddest bitch in Aaronsboro needs to ring there as well. (laughs) (laughs) So then it all comes out that Louis was the one that had trashed the school. Louis' MO, he just wants to trash stuff. He's not very specific. He's like, what else can we, yeah, what, what can we wreck? You know what he is? A child who has been affected by Paul being his father. <laughs> so it's just method. It's method. Yeah, we missed out on seeing the tween years of the triplets. This is like, this would have been their youth. Yeah, that's what Rob Rob would have said. He would have done things like that, trash things, right? But it's it's like Rebel Without a Cause, you know, um, when Marlon Brando's asked, what are you rebelling against? And he's like, what have you got? <laughs> yeah. He even looks a little bit rebel doesn't he? Like the way he's like... You know, he's just like a big rake and he's standing there like, yeah. He's, he's very much Stefan Dennis in the mid-80s. Jane Harris has been planted in a, in a Western Australian restaurant with Carl Kennedy. I thought, were they in Western Australia? I thought they were in Tassie. No, no, no. Carl says, we've just been to Tassie, then we've come to Perth, yeah. That's the stupidest itinerary ever. And I, I'm giving them mad props for catching the red eye back from Perth. To, to Melbourne, that's like an overnight flight. How awful. We know Jane is in Perth because she's just said goodbye to Des because they've uh, pulled the pin on their relationship a couple of months after the Lasseter's wedding expo. And, and who'd have thought that relationship would fail? Which began an engagement that started from a joke, like bung knee, trick knee proposal. <laughs> I feel like he's he's like severely emotionally damaged, Des, and he's probably past the the relationship phase of his life at this stage. And and don't spring someone on him that's also quite emotionally damaged too. Well, so this has now sown the seed for her to reappear as a permanent cast member. Yay! Um, which is look, that's a sad day if you're um, what's his name? 
Des? What's his Paul Keane? Yeah, that's a sad. That's a sad day when you're when you're waiting for your agent to call when you've seen the press release that Jane Annie Jones is returning to the cast. And you're like, oh, I bet my agent will call me today. No, they just want her. I thought he was good when he came back. He's hilarious. Yeah, I would like to see them come back as a couple and live like, I don't know, is there an empty house? Well, my theory, my wish was that she would bunk in with Mrs Punt. They could be roomies. Look, she's definitely coming back as the new Mrs Mangle, I reckon. And you know what's really weird for me? The fact that Annie Jones has kind of aged to look like Vivian Grey. That is very strange. We have to mention (sighs) Chloe... And Pierce have no control over their birth control. Did, how about that pregnancy test? Whoa, that was neon. That was like, lady, you're six months pregnant. That thing <laughs> is so red. Yeah. I Mine was like a quarter of the amount of line. Like that was yeah. the boldest line I've ever seen. Because that's the big rite of passage I found with pregnancy is you have to do the frantic Google, the Google image search, like how, how much of this line comes through for it to be pregnant positive oh it's anything yeah it's anything any kind of little dash shadow of a line really you look at it and you're squinting and you're going is that it can I see a difference and yeah all those movies where they show the scene of the person using like 12 sticks it's like you only need one and if it's shown up then it's right Mm. um but so Chloe has um baby brain symptoms extreme Huntington's-esque like memory loss and fatigue and she's panicking. She's like, oh, no, my Huntington's is showing up early. Better book in with the doctor. Meanwhile, um, H- Hendrix is talking about having a food baby and Chloe twigs and goes, oh, there are other reasons for feeling this way. But she she had blurred vision looking at her phone, didn't she? Yeah, and she forgot that Ned doesn't work at Lasseter's anymore. She, like, ordered him around to do something and he's like, uh, I'm a free unemployed agent. Oh, but like Shane this week, I love Shane picked up my thoughts this week because why didn't he just drop his hours? To be an artist. Which he should have. Yeah, oh, no, that was my the stupidest thing I've heard all week in Neighbours was that so he could um, commit to being an artist. But how is Shane judging someone for not having a job when he quit his job to make the piss engine and he made his wife run the family business on her own? Yeah, I don't understand. I'm really... This has got to be leading somewhere more interesting, doesn't it, this storyline? Surely. KB, my partner, raised the question, is Shane going through the change? Because he was moody as fuck all week. I just, look, Shane realises he's a loser and his father-in-law probably hated him and he just doesn't want the same thing for Yashvi. Which Dippy did point out. She goes, well, no one wanted me to marry you. Yeah. And then she didn't even have she didn't even have a good outcome for it. She goes, and look at you, you're a good dad. Yeah, you're working as a barmaid at the pub. <laughs> and you know what? Hospitality, as we know, our society is dependent on it. Like being a hospitality worker is very respectable. Oh, there's there's no shame in it. He's he's just pretty bloody judgy. But he he's judgy over someone who's just doing nothing, really. But he's been doing nothing for one month. Yeah. But also we're talking about an 18-year-old's boyfriend. Like I I expect most 18-year-olds, not that Ned's 18, but his girlfriend is, and I expect that most boys that she might date or girls or whatever 
would kind of be in a life phase where they're just figuring it out and that's kind of okay at a young age. And what does he expect her to do? Okay, Dad, I'll stop rooting him because you said so. doesn't work like that. I feel like Shane at that age would have still been working at the bar. Um, but what's what's Ned doing? He's just mooching off his ex-stepmum. You know, he's got free bed and board there. Uh, I just look at his bad news. But he's doing what he's doing what Ellie did for years. Ellie's got a great job at Toblerone now, I hear. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want to talk about him either. I want to talk about Chloe Brennan. What's her name? Chloe Brennan at Castle Grace on peeing on the stick in the living room, not in the bathroom. Ew. Weird. Gross. Not hygienic. Um, and looking beautiful. She's like cascading waterfall curls. And um, so now she's pregnant. Don't know how long, how far along. But Obviously six months with the, the Sharpie line yeah. on that pregnancy test. <laughs> yeah. she, she went, she got the um, Tash, what's her last name? Tash Williams branded pregnancy test, which had a pink Sharpie mark on it. <laughs> um, and now she's in a moral, now she's having a dilemma because she's having this health crisis. Well, I've never wanted to pass on the Huntington gene on to my child. And I also don't want to have a child then be away from it after I my life ends early. And this was not our plan. And X, Y, Z reasons. Why didn't you guys, why did there was no talk of, oh, I skipped a pill by accident or whatever. Um, none of that talk. We just somehow she's miraculously pregnant. So I think for that argument you could say, well, Sonia wouldn't have wanted to have left her children either. But, you know, the life deals us a whole lot of twists and turns. Yeah, there's no guarantees. And I do commend the show. They didn't outright say the word abortion, but they de- Chloe was very explicit that this is a decision. It's, she's not just pregnant and that's her lot in life forever. This is a choice. And it's developed later in the week where she has an appointment, finds out that there's a test they can do at 10 weeks to screen for this gene to be passed on. And now this is quite alarming to me when she said, and we can make our next steps at that 10-week point. Which, which she's saying that. And already Paul and Tarage, Hendricks and Harlow know that she's pregnant. This, oh, this is messy. Because Paul has no sense of decency. He just reads his wife's Google searches. So, no, he just opened the computer. She left it open to raise. That was in a, that is not to raise level of, of no. organisation. At least I'm click over to the Facebook tab. Yeah, I just think, think it's super messy that so many people know and that also you're obviously thinking you might abort the, the fetus, which, you know, like, well, good on her for being open about it but it makes it makes it really um heart-wrenching i think yeah it's gonna make for some huge conversations and even hendrix was very mature going whatever you decide to do i support you i'm like well done and like good on you mate that's very sensible and it's but i just think whatever she is now six weeks along 10 weeks i don't know it's just that's you're gonna make it so hard on yourself by waiting till that stage. Well, I think I think what's going to happen is they're going to do this test. So I'm assuming that this test is maybe like Harmony or a, some sort of option on the Harmony test. Yeah, like like a nipped type test. Which for for those not initiated, explain. Uh, it's a blood test you can do at about ten weeks, and it um, actually measures the the chromosome. Well, it can separate out the fetal. Um, 
blood in your blood from your own and it looks at the chromosomes, so both the sex chromosomes and also whether there's any um, uh, trisomies in your chromosomes and, as well. And it's pretty common and that's when I found out that baby Dr. Carl was a boy and my GP told me over the phone um, and then I did a gender reveal party for my partner and I put red confetti into a yellow balloon and he popped it and I said, gender is a construct, he's a boy, it's a boy. And um, it was a very cute story for just the two of us. <laughs> um so, yeah, so I'm guessing that that's uh, – my assumption is that the baby's not going to have the gene and we're going to get a Ramsey Street baby from Chloe. Yeah. Yes. I hope we don't because I like her not being bland and I don't think they've proven to me yet that – apart from Sonia, but she's gone now – that they could write an interesting woman who's pregnant. But actually, no, I'm taking that back. Sonia's pregnancy was there to give Toadie a child, you know, like – I they never seem to write a pregnant woman who's her own woman because then as soon as she has the baby, she they have to whisk her away. It coincides with the three-year contract yeah, and then she fades from the show. Which is probably what's going to happen because Chloe must be coming up towards the end of that, isn't she? Oh, April. That's so sad. Yeah. I'd rather her leave with Pierce to a winery than inevitably have Huntington's symptoms and leave because of that. I'm not sure I really want to see that. I did really enjoy the moment where she said, you know what, I've never said this out loud, but I think I'd be a good mother. And it is like it's a big thing to kind of realise and admit before you make that call to go, hey, you know, I'm going to, I could be good at this. Because a lot of people just don't think about that. They go, yeah, I'll have a sprog, like Roxy said one time. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess we're going to have a few weeks to wait. I reckon she'll be like eight and a half, nine weeks pregnant, so we don't have to wait wait that long. Oh, yeah, and they're just dumbos that didn't read the calendar yeah just yeah not I reckon eight so she's missed a whole period and she's about to she should be getting the next one kind of thing and also she's very thin so maybe she's just got a regular periods anyway um so should we do citizen or citizen I'm gonna give citizen to Ali Conway because I won't be able to do it ever again (laughs) and say you've got what I have always wanted for you, which is a version of an Instagram fairy tale come true. Bye-bye, Ali. I'm going to go shitizen to Stefan Dennis's son because you don't turn down a free pizza. David and Aaron are doing homemade pizza. That's an extra layer of effort, you shitbag. Those two are pretty square, though. Like, I think that will probably take the shine off the free pizza, hanging out with those dorks. I, look, I think I'm going to give my shitizen to Ellie Conway. Aww, because you can't do it ever again. <laughs> no, because she broke B's heart. What an asshole! And she didn't, she didn't even say, I'll give you one more month with your niece. Yeah. You get one more day. You get one lunch and I'm out of here. And where's Sean saying, don't worry, B, you can come over for like three months of the year. Yeah. Here's all my money. Book a trip. Yeah. That's what he should be saying. Yeah. In fact, I thought, because B was looking around the Kennedy house with her handbag and I thought she was going to grab a last minute ticket and run after them and say, I'm going to help you settle in. And But she didn't. She just went to the waterhole. Well, she should because what's she got holding her there? She's got... She hasn't got a boyfriend. She's living with her auntie and uncle and she's got like a dead-end job at the local garage. She'll have a boyfriend by the end of our six-week lockdown. All righty. 
Because we know who it's it's they're pointing her yeah, towards. Yeah, they are. You know what though? That list that you just rung off, Kate. It sounds very much like she's not kicking life goals. <laughs> hey, um, I, I think I, I need to say, you know, need to award the saddest bitch in Erinsborough as well. And it's really got to go out to the perpetual saddest bitch in Erinsborough, Ellie Conway. Um, just for any particular reason or just as a whole, as over her tenure? Oh, look, I mean, it's, it, everything about her ticks ticks the boxes on the saddest bitch in Erinsborough. But in true Ellie fashion, she's decided to run away with a guy that she barely knows and hasn't had any sort of relationship with. Yeah, no, no, I'm just going to uproot my whole life and my daughter's life to move halfway around the world. But he's a good dad, she keeps saying. Why is he a good dad? Because he changes a nappy once. <laughs> The saddest bitch in Erinsborough just wants to love and be loved in return. Uh, but anyway, here's to saddest bitches of the future. Um, Jane, I'm looking at you. <laughs> and have a look at our red bubble shop because let's put up a saddest bitch in Erinsborough mask, COVID mask. <laughs> Thanks, gals. My mood has lifted. Uh, follow us on Facebook, Neighbours Council, our group, or Twitter, Neighbours Pod, or my other podcast, Daily Baby. And I'm Vaya Pashas on Twitter. Kate? I'm at Remude on Twitter. CJ? I am at CJ the Hot Mess Mum on Instagram and TikTok. <sighs> and things can only get better. Bye. Bye. Singing in our things can only get better, and only get better if we see it through. That means me, and I mean it too. So teach me how to think can only get better. Only get better